This is All India Radio. In this special bilingual program, now we bring you a discussion on Kargil Vijay Divas, a tale of victorious armed forces. The participants are Defence Analyst Lieutenant General S.L. Narsimhan and Lieutenant General Rakesh Sharma and former diplomat Yogendra Kumar. Ajay Banerjee Journalist initiates and moderates the discussion. Today is the 26th of July and 20 years ago, India won the Kargil War with Pakistan. The Kargil War was played out across a 168-kilometer frontage in Kargil, Dras, Moscow, Turtuk. These were household names then. 20 years later, we look into what happened then. This morning, the Prime Minister Narendra Modi tweeted and he shared pictures of his being in Kargil in 99, giving a morale boost to the troops then. I will start with General Rakesh Sharma. He has commanded the 14th Corps of the Indian Army, which is in Ladakh. General Sharma, Kargil is part of the 14th Corps. When the Kargil War happened, the 14th Corps did not exist. Our listeners will be very keen to know what kind of preparations did Pakistan make to capture those icy heights in Kargil, Dras, Mashko and Tottok. The area of Kargil and Kargil, you say, generally includes the area from Zojala down south towards Turtuk, east towards Turtuk, was always a precarious area and always an area which dominated the single axis. And we have seen wars happening here in this area, even 48 or 49 onwards. It was always a thing, but it was underplayed because of the icy heights and one felt that nothing much will happen here. The Pakistanis have been understanding of the problem of Kargil much better. It was well understanding in the fact that they could cut out the entire areas of eastern Ladakh, which is a substantial area, FJNK. So, when they made the plan and came back in 1998 and they decided to get on with whether the Prime Minister knew or doesn't know is a separate issue and it's controversy between them. But the fact is that the plan was made in 1998 and executed in 99 and it required an immense amount of preparations because it just cannot be that you go and sit on these icy heights without creating road axes, without getting logistics sorted out and without actually planning as to what will happen here. The fact that comes to my mind is that what President Musharraf think that India respond How was he so sure in his mind that India respond They will not come back and take any action to occupation of the heights that dominate the road axis. And he had convinced his own people over a period of time that it will be internationalizing the issue and Indians won't react to it and this area will be de facto ours and we would have changed the whole character of the entire area of Ladakh. What happened subsequently, 20 years now, hindsight has actually clarified many issues. The line of control has got fixated minds and even a piece of land is not acceptable to be lost. The contention of line of control changed in 20 years ago. And Pakistan is understood that now hereafter, you just doesn't mean that you take one area That holders, keepers, whoever holds it, it becomes his. That thing failed thereafter. So it is a substantial shift that happened 20 years ago. General Narsimhan is with us. He is a member of the National Security Advisory Board. He is one of the three corps of the Indian Army, which is in the northeast. General Narsimhan, I will bring you to Ladakh, especially because the war took place in Kargil Dras. It's part of Ladakh. What does it mean to a strategic thinker, to a person like you? China is east of Ladakh, Pakistan is north of it. I mean the place where the war was fought. Pakistan is north of it, China is east of it. Could Pakistan and China have married the forces somewhere in Ladakh to challenge India's control over Siachen? You have to take your mind back a little bit in the history. In 1963, Pakistan had ceded Shaksham Valley to China. And that was to give some kind of depth to the road, the western highway that they were constructing at that point in time. But coming to Kargil, the way it panned out... I don't think it was feasible for both China and Pakistan to launch something together. 
there are other reports you will see other face off that china and india have had later in 2013 in the area of dipsang devio area that area was closer to where this action was taking place and the way things were in 1999 i don't think the joint kind of an operation between china and pakistan would have been possible at that time ambassador yuginder kumar you have served in islamabad in the early 90s those are the times when india and pakistan were literally at loggerheads 88 onwards general ziaul haq had died and the pakistan's kashmir and khalistan mm-hmm. plan was at its peak we will bring you to the kargil war you have studied pakistan very closely there are now reports originating from pakistan that general musharraf had planned all this much earlier he also writes in his own book and he had this military thought process that he could capture parts of ladakh and connect up into china across east of turkuk and connect up to china how do you think that pakistan's mind could think that india will not respond diplomatically or militarily i think the context has to be kept in mind one is that in 1998 the nuclear test had taken place and the assumption on the part of pakistan actually was that with the nuclear overhang over the subcontinent between two nuclear armed countries whichever country is able to make the first move then can't be dislodged from there because the fear of escalation of the nuclear ladder so that really was a thinking at that time and the further idea one of course you get as the other two co-panelists explained the idea was to get a strategic advantage over a very important highway supply route for us but also to internationalize it because after the nuclear test had taken place there was a kind of a narrative being created which pakistan contributed very actively but certainly it had risen the west that kashmir is becoming a nuclear flashpoint and that narrative was sought to be leveraged by pakistan through this stratagem to actually bring the international community to put pressure on india so that pakistan can then talk with a position of superiority and advantage on these kind of negotiations so india was actually in a way tried to be coerced for example if you remember after 62 debacle with china it prepared the stage for 1965 conflict so it was actually thought that and it was a caretaker government that time the pakistan felt that they can actually take such a strategic diplomatic superior position that india will be forced to actually come to terms with them as far as kashmir is concerned dono mulkon ne pramanu parikshan kiya tha ki nuclear test jise kaha jata hai jab ye kargil ka yuddh chal raha tha us time hamare shrotaon ko bataiye ki pakistan ke pradhanmantri nawaz sharif sahab america gaye america ke pradhanmantri bill clinton sahab se milne ye kya dakhlandazi clinton sahab ne kari thi ki pakistan agree kar gaya ki hum wapas le jayenge aur india ka us samay ek jaise upper hand mana jata hai us samay yuddh mein mane ki baat hai ki us time sanction lage hue the hamare upar तो क्लिंटन साहब का क्या दखल था इसमें खास बात यह है कि एक तरीके से आप सोचें कि कारगिल में इंडियन लीडरशिप ने जो रोल प्ले किया इज अ क्लासिक एग्जांपल ऑफ व्हाट यू कॉल कम्पेलेंस डिप्लोमेसी कि आपकी जो नेशनल स्ट्रेंथ के बेसिस पे देन यू आर एबल टू सेट द डिप्लोमेटिक स्टेज टू यू एडवांटेज उसमें पाकिस्तान ने जो कोशिश की कि इसको इंटरनेशनलाइज किया जाए उसमें इंडियन स्ट्रेटेजी ये थी कि इसको पब्लिसाइज किया जाए जैसा आपको मालूम है कि उसमें टेप्स वगैरह रिलीज किए थे देन व्हेन दीज हाइट्स वर कैप्चर्ड देन डॉक्यूमेंट्स भी निकले कि भाई ये सब सोल्जर्स वगैरह हैं तो ये जो पाकिस्तान का नेरेटिव था कि न्यूक्लियर फ्लैश पॉइंट है क्योंकि जैसे ही कारगिल की बात निकली तभी उनके फॉरन सेक्रेटरी ने कहा हम न्यूक्लियर वेपन्स भी हैं और हम इसको इस्तेमाल भी कर सकते हैं तो उस परिस्थिति में जो पाकिस्तान सोच रहा था कि एक प्रकार से विदेशी ताकतों को लाया जाए इस नेरेटिव के बेसिस पे वो उनके ऊपर ही हावी पड़ा क्योंकि जब सब कुछ जाहिर हो गया कि पाकिस्तान एग्रेसर है पाकिस्तान न्यूक्लियर वेपन खत्म कर रहा है इनफैक्ट जब वो वॉशिंगटन गए नवाज शरीफ तो उस समय क्लिंटन को कहा कि ये सब आप बंद कर दीजिए क्योंकि उसमें जो है उनके पास खबर थी कि वो न्यूक्लियर वेपन्स को आप मोबलाइज कर रहे थे तो उनका ये सब बंद कर दीजिए अगर आप ऐसा करेंगे तो हम क्लियरली इंडिया की तरफ से बोलेंगे और आप जो है कम्प्लीटली आइसोलेट हो जाएंगे 
तो ये जो एक प्रकार से जो हमारी ये स्ट्रेटेजी थी कि एक तो डिप्लोमेटिक स्ट्रेटेजिक एडवांटेज लिया जाए दूसरा ये था कि हमारे सोल्जर्स ने हमारी एयरफोर्स ने लाइन ऑफ कंट्रोल क्रॉस ने किया तो वर्ल्ड वाइड जो है एक रिकग्निशन हुई कि इंडिया जो है इज अ विक्टिम ऑफ एग्रेशन और पाकिस्तान इज एग्रेसर और दूसरा ये हुआ कि हमने अपना लिमिटेड अप्रोच से जो फोर्स को यूज किया उससे पाकिस्तान की जो पब्लिक है उसका भी मोरल कम हुआ उनको भी एम्बेरसमेंट हुआ कि एक हमारे मुल्क नेता जो हैं इस प्रकार से क्राइसिस क्रिएट कर रहे हैं कि अगर न्यूक्लियर फ्लैश पॉइंट बनेगा तो उनको भी कुछ का असर पड़ेगा न्यूक्लियर वेपन्स की जहां बात की जाए मुझे याद है उस वक्त वहां पे पाकिस्तानी जर्नलिस्ट अयाज अमीर तो उन्होंने जब लिखा कि देखिये भारतीय जो है सोल्जर्स अगर उनकी शहादत होती है तो उनको नेशनल हीरो ट्वीट किया जाता है हमारे लोग जो है क्योंकि हम ये कह रहे हैं कि ये सब पाकिस्तान की फॉरेस्ट में इन्वॉल्व नहीं है तो हमारे यहाँ कमांडिंग ऑफिसर्स है उनको ऑर्डर दिए गए हैं कि जो भी पाकिस्तानी सोल्जर्स मरे हैं उनको रात को दफनाया जाए कोई पब्लिसिटी ना हो उससे जो है पाकिस्तान की जो पब्लिक ओपिनियन है उदाहरण दे रहा हूँ की पब्लिक ओपिनियन जो है वीक हुई पाकिस्तान की लीडरशिप कुल मिला के माना जाए की हमारे जो कूटनीतिज्ञ थे डिप्लोमैट थे उनकी एक विजय को माना जाए इसमें जैसे बताया कि ये तो नेशनल एफर्ट है लीडरशिप जो है बहुत ही वाइज थी और उन्होंने एक स्ट्रेटेजिक डिसीजन लिया की हमें ये खाना है सबको दो चीजें कि एक तो लाइन ऑफ कंट्रोल सेक्रोसेंट है जो भी इसको क्रॉस करेगा वो ही एग्रेसर है वो ही जो है सब कॉन्टिनेंट में डिस्टर्बेंस करने की कोशिश कर रहा है और इसके साथ साथ आगे हम लोग जो करेंगे उस प्रकार से करेंगे ताकि सबको ये मालूम हो कि हम लोग विक्टिम्स हैं हमारी कोई ऐसी मंशा नहीं है कि हम जो है यहाँ पे कुछ किसी किस्म से डिस्टर्बेंस करें या सबवर्शन करें या डिस्टेबलाइज करें जो कि पाकिस्तान कर रहा है अगर आपको याद हुआ उस जमाने में ऑल्सो अफगानिस्तान में भी चल रहा था तो यूएस प्रेसिडेंट क्लिंटन जो है उनके दिमाग में ये बात तब आई कि एक तो पाकिस्तान कश्मीर में कर रहा है दूसरा अफगानिस्तान में ओसाम बिन लादन वगैरह से लोग बैठे हुए थे जो कि अमेरिका को थ्रेटन कर रहे थे और उनके ऊपर जो आपको याद होगा क्लिंटन ने वहां पर उनके ऊपर मिसाइल अटैक्स किए थे उनके कैंप थे वहां पर उन पर अटैक किया था बच गए निकल गए लेकिन उनपे अटैक किया था उन्होंने जिसमें कुछ ही लोग जो पाकिस्तान के ट्रेन जो टेररिस्ट हैं उसमें मरे भी थे मैं श्रोताओं को बता दूं लाइन ऑफ कंट्रोल की बार बार बात आ रही है संरक्षण सीमा ये सात किलोमीटर की संरक्षण सीमा जम्मू कश्मीर में है शिमला समझौते के बाद इसको नाम दिया गया इसका पुराना नाम सीजफायर लाइन हुआ करता था कराची में इसके ऊपर हस्ताक्षर हुए थे सन उनचास में उसके बाद सन बहत्तर से इसको लाइन ऑफ कंट्रोल यानी संरक्षण सीमा कहते हैं इसका बार बार जिक्र जो आ रहा है जनल शर्मा जब हम बात करते हैं सेना के ऑपरेशन की तीन किस्म के ऑपरेशन लॉन्च किए सेना का ऑपरेशन विजय वायुसेना का ऑपरेशन सफेद सागर और नौसेना का ऑपरेशन तलवार सेंटर फॉर लॉन्ड वॉरफेयर स्टडीज में जहां आजकल आप कार्यरत हैं उन्होंने भी ऐसा सेमिनार किया कि कैसे 20 साल में युद्ध लड़ने की प्रक्रिया बदल गई है ट्रांसफॉर्मेशन जिस सेना कहती है वो प्रक्रिया कैसे बदली है सन निन्यानवे में हमारे पास संरक्षण के साधन यानी सर्वेलेंस के साधन कैसे थे और आज कैसे जरा हमारे श्रोताओं को बताइए क्या बदलाव आया बीस साल में पहले एक मैं इससे कहूंगा कि पाकिस्तान ने अपनी सत्तर साल की हिस्ट्री में तीन बार कश्मीर को सेपरेट करने की कोशिश की है 48 में जब वो श्रीनगर तक आ गए थे 65 में जब तकलीफ अखनूर तक पहुंच गए तो थर्ड टाइम कारगिल के टाइम पे जब जाने ये बात सही है कि उस टाइम में हमारे पास उस किस्म का इक्विपमेंट नहीं था कि सर्वेलेंस को किया जा सके ट्वेंटी ईयर्स में बहुत फर्क आया ट्वेंटी ईयर्स में टेक्नोलॉजी एक रेवोल्यूशन हो गया एक स्प्रिंट है जो आज चीज है वो एक साल में उसके दस गुना बेटर चीज आ रही है हमारी फौज ने भी उस हिसाब से एक ड्रामेटिक शिफ्ट लिया है अब जैसे एयरफोर्स देखा जाए एयरफोर्स के पास इस वक्त स्टैंड ऑफ वेपन है जो सौ डेढ़ सौ किलोमीटर तक वार कर सकते हैं बॉर्डर पार करने की आवश्यकता नहीं है और प्रिसीजन गाइडेड वेपन है कारगिल लड़ाई में ही सेकेंड हाफ में मिराजिस को लेकर सेकेंड प्रिसीजन गाइडेड वेपन यूज किए आज हम बोस्ट करते हैं कि हमारे पास काफी तादाद में प्रिसीजन गाइडेड वेपन है जो दूर स्टैंड ऑफ रेंज रखते हैं जो दूर से मार्क किया जा सकता है बालाकोट में जैसे बालाकोट में हमने किया सो एक चेंज है और रफेल आने में और उससे ज्यादा बहुत बड़ा चेंज आएगा सिमिलरली ग्राउंड फोर्सेज में जैसे हमारे जो फेंस है बिटवीन पाकिस्तान और हिन्दुस्तान के बीच में जो तार 
बाहर लगी है उसको इतना सोफिस्टिकेट किया जा चुका है और किया जा रहा है कि जिसके मुताबिक अंदर घुसपैठ करना इतना आसान नहीं है बिकॉज हर इलाके को मॉनिटर्स पे देखा जा रहा है और उनमें तरह तरह के सेंसर लगे हैं सो ये एक चेंज आ रहा है जो उस टाइम पे नहीं था टू में हमने फेंस बनानी शुरू की और टू के बाद की जो पूरे बॉर्डर का नक्शा बदल दिया है जो चेंज है ट्रिमेंडस है नेवी का जैसे बोला जाए हर फौज ये मैं पहला कहना चाहूंगा हर फौज जो चाहती है आर्मी नेवी एयरफोर्स उस लेवल पे पहुंच नहीं पाई है उसमें टाइम लगेगा हमको काफी टाइम लगेगा एयरफोर्स बोलती है हमको बयालीस स्क्वाड्रन चाहिए नेवी बोलती है हमको डेढ़ सौ स्टिप चाहिए आर्मी का अपना फाइनाइट लेवल है वो नहीं पहुंचे हैं पर उसके बावजूद भी हम काफी हद तक सोफिस्टिकेशन अपने को एक अच्छा स्ट्रांग बनाने की इस वक्त कंडीशन में है और कर रहे हैं अब हमारे पास इलेक्ट्रॉनिक मीन्स है सेटेलाइट मीन्स है हमारे पास ड्रोन है बहुत तरीके हैं जिसमें हम आजकल कर सकते हैं इलाके पर नजर रखी जा सकती है पर कहने की बात यह है कि हमको बहुत ज्यादा और करने की आवश्यकता है बिकॉज ये लड़ाई का पूरा महकमा इतना तेज बदल रहा है और ये जो इन्फॉर्मेशन एज का जो लड़ाई है ये भिन्न है ये वो बीस साल पहले की कारगिल लड़ाई से भी मिलाया नहीं जा सकता कल को जो होगा उसमें शायद ग्राउंड वॉरफेयर जरूरत ही ना हो ये सारा इलेक्ट्रॉनिक साइबर में हो जाए या इलेक्ट्रॉनिक वॉरफेयर में हो जाए तो चेंज जो हो रहा है डिस्पाइट के फैक्ट कि हमारे पास पाकिस्तान के इस कंटेस्टेड बॉर्डर है बट ट्रांसफॉर्मेशन बहुत स्पीड में है हम लोग चेंज कर रहे हैं पर मेरे विचार से हमारे चेंज का पेस इतना नहीं है जितना हमको होना चाहिए वो सरप्राइज हम पे नहीं किया जा सकता जो 20 साल पहले हुआ था परंतु उसके बावजूद भी हमारा जैसे आपने बोला कि तीन फौजें अलग लड़ रही थी और कोर्डिनेशन अभी भी हमको कई मील आगे जाना है General Shuman, you are considered an expert on China. The country looks up to when China has spoken about the strategic circles. Know you and your expertise in China. Do you think that Pakistan has turned into a B team of China? Does it pose or does China pose a threat to us via Pakistan? This China and Pakistan के बीच के काम करने का तरीका जो है वो नया नहीं है वो बहुत पुराना है और कुछ हद तक हम ये कह सकते हैं कि उनका आपस का जो relationship है वो बहुत अमित वाली एक relationship है 2010 onwards you find more and more of interaction between china and pakistan coming up the reason for that was that in the year 2010 there was a artificial lake that got formed in a place called atabad and that is the reason why you find takriban samay pe ye kaha gaya tha ki takriban 11000 engineers jo hain us jagah pe aaye the to help out pakistan to and change the alignment of the change the alignment of the it has created an artificial lake which would have created problems and so they didn't have the technology they invited the chinese to come in iske sath sath mein agar aap abhi dekhenge 2013 ke baad mein china pakistan economic corridor jo ban raha hai wo bhi usi karakram highway jo pehle bana tha uske bal pe ban raha hai jo wahan se kashmir se jo rasta aata hai gilgit baltistan ke through ja kar ke wo pakistan ke andar jata hai kai projects abhi china ke chal rahe hain pakistan ke andar including gwadar port jo banne wala hai लेकिन इसको आप एक सिविलियन तरीके से सोचना चाहिए इफ यू एक्सपेक्ट चाइना टू प्रोबेबली यूज ऑल दिस एंड यूज इट्स फोर्सेस टू बी इंडक्टेड एक्सेट्रा एक्सेट्रा दैट इज अ लिटिल फार फेस एट दिस पॉइंट इन टाइम इवन इफ यू लुक एट द वे दे डेल्ट विद पाकिस्तान इन द अर्लियर वॉर इन सेवेंटी वन इन नाइन्टी नाइन एक्सेट्रा एंड ऑल्सो ड्यूरिंग द पुलवामा इंसिडेंट दैट हैपन्ड वेरी रिसेंटली इन द मंथ ऑफ फेब्रुवरी यू फाइंड टिपिकल पैटर्न कमिंग अप विच इम्प्लाइज दैट इफ पाकिस्तान unilaterally tries to do something then i don't think the chinese go in support of pakistan so this is something that we need to keep and you are drawing from history that they have not done in the past Correct. and they will not do in the future that is your assessment Correct. that is one the other thing is there is always two conditions one is if pakistan does something will china help the other thing is if china does something then will pak come into play so the second one has got more chances of 
happening than the first one. That is the way I would like to look at it. Their relationship is very strong. Our assessment and interactions say that that relationship will continue and continue strongly. That is something that we need to keep in mind whenever we do our planning and other things. But looking at the history, China hasn't actually gone in support of Pakistan. They might have given some material support in terms of some equipment, etc. But otherwise, the kind of support that is required diplomatically and politically, that has not been forthcoming from China. General Ashwin, you and General Sharma are pure military men. There was a decision taken by the Cabinet Committee on Security then, in 1999, that we will not cross the line of control while tackling this so-called incursion from Pakistan on the heights in our side of the LOC. You think 20 years later, General Narasimhan, we should have crossed the LOC? I take a point from what Ambassador Yogendra Kumar mentioned earlier, that there was a very, very wise decision at that point in time taken by the government. And I still feel that it was the right decision to have been taken. And that put us in a very, very high moral ground. And most of the countries did support India basically because of that particular issue, that they are only trying to regain what they have been lost or what has been unduly occupied by the Pakistani whichever way you may say it, the Pakistani army is what we know, but whatever Pakistan may claim, that's a different issue. But the very fact that we didn't cross the LAC brought many of the countries which were actually on the fence, thinking that whom to support, including China, back on to support us. So that was an extremely wise decision that was taken at that point in time by the government of India. General Sharma, yeah. General Bipin Rao, the Chief of Army Staff, interviewed to All India Radio said yeah. that a similar incursion cannot be repeated and we can defeat Pakistan at any point of time. We have not hesitated in crossing the line of control to take action against terrorist infrastructure in Pakistan-occupied Kashmir. We have also not hesitated in using air power. And Pakistan has now realized that if they are going to continue with this kind of proxy war, and in case our troops are going to suffer casualties, or there is going to be any kind of major damage to our infrastructure, these kind of actions will be repeated. The Raksha Mantri Rajnaji today in Parliament in Lok Sabha speaking said that Pakistan is not capable of fighting a full-fledged or even a small war with us at the moment. Do you think we should have crossed the LOC then? Because people also say that the number of lives lost could have been saved yeah. or been lesser. Hindsight, history can be cruel, but history can also support your contentions. You know, while much happened in favor of not crossing the line of control, but you rightly <coughs> said that we could have finished the war in 50% of the time, even earlier, if we had starved the Pakistanis from logistics point of view. Nobody can stay in those heights without support of ammunition, which is constantly being supplied there, and for food, and for clothing, and for ration, and reinforcements coming across there. So if we had cut the chain of supplies altogether, taken Skardu, or even closer to the line of control, probably we wouldn't have earned 527 martyrs and about 1,000 or people who were injured, mm-hmm. some very seriously injured, in case we had done it. If you take Balakot as a point of view today, you know the same comment BJP, they went across to Balakot, they went to surgical strikes and hit across. What happened? Nothing. The international opinion today did not criticize us for hitting Balakot. So did it happen in surgical strikes, whether it happened in the east or the north. If we had done it 20 years ago or so, people would have said, okay, your area occupied, you have all the rights to hit across. Maybe in hindsight, and if you ask a mili- pure military man, he would say that we should have starved him of his logistic supplies. That, that logistic base which was destroyed by the Air Force later could have been done month earlier, or we could have done many other things in that area earlier that could have finished them absolutely, and we don't have been lasting in end of July, 50 days mm-hmm. war, and maybe we would have finished with 100 or 200 casualties instead of having 527 mm-hmm. General Nassiman. We must look at it in the time frame in which it is happening. Today, there is an increasing kind of acceptance. If a terrorist hits you, you are allowed to hit back. 
please understand what we are talking about 1999 is a pre 911 pre 911 so i was about the same pre 911 era where the terrorism not actually in a very high priority for the country basis. since 911 has happened and thereafter a number of events have happened you find an increasing acceptance of you know doing the things like balakot that happened at that point in time so in 1999 it would have been extremely difficult for us to take that call so government in its own wisdom took that call at that point in time i fully agree yeah, of course we, we had gone down and cut off its supply lines we are discussing 20 years later yeah please don't also think if you had gone in and if the area of conflict has expanded then there is a different ball game so a yeah. lot of things would have probably want to add something i just want to say of course uh, i am in the company of highly decorated soldiers and professionals so of course their judgment is certainly superior to mine but as general simon said the context would have been mind first of all when the 1998 nuclear test took place india tested first pakistan later so there was a general sympathy at that time that pakistan is reacting to what india had done at that time by going nuclear and we were under nuclear sanctions at that time so in that situation this kind of excessive restraint with the government leadership exercised that time perhaps had that thing at the back of their mind because the idea here was to show that pakistan is an aggressor pakistan is not a status quoist power it wants to disturb the state of affairs in south asia and that it is now using the nuclear weapons that he has to actually create this kind of scenario and therefore is actually being dishonest about it ambassador aap bahut achhi baat bata rahe hain sun 1998 mein kya scenario tha hamare srotaon ko ek ek cheez aur bata dijiye main chahunga ki jahan par aap hain wahan se ek cheez aur add kar dijiye sun 98 mein soviet sang gir chuka tha aur roos ki condition kya thi america hamare sath khada nahi tha sanctions lage hue the aur jaise jal narsimhan ne bataya ki 911 ka hamla hua nahi tha to america aur west ka jo nazariya tha terrorism ke bare mein kaisa tha zara thoda sa samjha dijiye dekhiye usme terrorism ki fikr to already un logon ko sabko thi jaise maine bataya ki clinton है वो ऑलरेडी अफगानिस्तान में मिसाइल स्ट्राइक की जिसमें कुछ लोग मरे भी उसमें लेकिन न्यूक्लियर टेस्ट जो हुए उससे एकदम माहौल जो बदला साउथ एशिया में और जो इंटरनेशनल जो ओपिनियन थी वो इस प्रकार की बनी कि ये जो है यहाँ पर इंडिया ने किया है तो इस वजह से पता नहीं क्या होने वाला है वहां पे तो उसमें बल्कि जैसा आपको मालूम हुआ कि कारगिल से पहले सेंक्शन रिमूव करने के लिए इंडिया यूएस में स्टोप टेलवर्ट एंड जसवंत सिंह की टॉक्स इट स्टार्टेड एट दैट टाइम द डिस्कशन वॉज एक्चुअली अबाउट कॉम्प्रिहेसिव टेस्ट एंड ट्रीटी आफ्टर द कारगिल attack when it took place then they started talking about counter terrorism so the agenda changed and the priority the government changed of course every life is precious and every single life lost actually is a loss irreparable but jo leadership hai usme jo unhone faisla liya us waqt mujhe lagta hai ki ye sara context samajh gaya aur usme humko advantage mein yahi hua ki uske baad jo hai clinton india aaye he went back very happy man और जो है उसके बाद जो इंडिया यूएस के रिलेशन डेवलप हुए वो एक्चुअली यू कैन से कि एक किस्म से जो कारगिल के टाइम की डिप्लोमेसी थी उसका ये एक ट्रिगर था इसके लिए जिसके वजह से जो है हमारे रिलेशन जो यूएस एस डेवलप सर जब पाकिस्तान को ये सब कुछ दिख रहा था अठानवे का जो सिनेरियो था पाकिस्तान कहाँ खड़ा था शायद अमेरिका के ज्यादा नजदीक थे हम शायद अमेरिका हमारे साथ इतना तो बातचीत भी नहीं थी मेरे को याद है 2005 में आके वो हमारा अमेरिका के साथ समझौता साइन हुआ है स्ट्रेटेजिक पार्टनरशिप का हमारा अमेरिका के साथ तो ये सिनेरियो निन्यानवे से लेके और 2005 तक कैसा था देखिए उसके बाद जब प्रेसिडेंट क्लिंटन जब आए इंडिया उसके बाद से रिलेशनशिप में बड़ा परिवर्तन आया क्योंकि उससे पहले तो मेरे ख्याल से वो फर्स्ट विजिट थी यूएस प्रेसिडेंट की और वो जो है उससे जैसे मैंने बताया कि उनको ये लगा यहाँ पे आने के बाद कि एक्चुअली साउथ एशिया में स्ट्रेटेजिक एनवायरमेंट किस किस्म का है पहले जो है वो सुन रहे थे बातें कि जैसे बता रहे थे कि भाई न्यूक्लियर टेस्ट तो बहुत ही उनके लिए इम्पोर्टेंट है वो कौन सीटीबीटी की उसमें नेगोशिएशन की बात चल रही थी लेकिन जब यहाँ पे आकर देखा उन्होंने कि भाई सारा जो साउथ एशिया की स्टेबिलिटी को जो खतरा है वो इंडिया से नहीं है 
جو کہ انہوں نے سوچا کہ نیوکلیئر ٹیسٹ کی وجہ سے اسٹیبلٹی خطرہ پیدا ہوا اسٹیبلٹی کو جو خطرہ ہے وہ پاکستان سے ہے اور تبھی جو ہے افغانستان میں بھی کافی جو طالبان وغیرہ کا موومنٹ جو ہے کافی چل رہا تھا لیکن اس کی سیریسنیس جو ہے پریزیڈنٹ کلنٹن کی وزٹ کی یہاں ہوئی اس کے بعد شروع and then subsequently 9-11 came in. So there, and that's the time when the effect of the change of economic policies was also seen, later half of 90s. So the America saw us in many other ways. We had done nuclear tests, the economy started showing up, so there was a transformation. And you know, in 2000, we had 2,000 terrorists killed in JNK, even after Kargil War. 2000, 2001 were the nastiest years we have had in the history of last uh, 20 years of fighting, or 30 years fighting insurgency in JNK. So they actually saw 9-11 was okay an important issue but the changeover had happened in Clinton too before Clinton actually visited us General Sharma again I'll draw your experience on yes. the 14 court General Sharma there has been a lot of talk you made a talk General Rawat has already the chief has already yeah. spoken that the future wars may be space and cyber dominated you also just said it almost same lines today we have we don't vacate the winter posts in Kargil Dras or Mashko we occupy all the posts they are at 14,000 feet and above most of them and we also have good surveillance equipment we have a range of artillery guns located out there we have increased yeah. the manpower we have added a core out there the 14 core has come about to that do you think a similar cargo kind of war or a skirmish can take place in the Himalayas with Pakistan? Firstly, we are there, so we are prepared for it. And that's one part of the story. Second part is that anything can happen. They could always find a place where they can wedge themselves. They can't occupy such large spaces that they've occupied from Moscow to Tutuk. It can't be done because we are on the heights and we are right there and we are in, in great strength and we have logistics also sorted out. Maybe not so much in uh, towards Moscow, but I mean, it's been sorted out. So the fact is that things have changed and such things cannot happen. Issues are there is glacier. There are places in glacier where he's dominating. The place. There are places in 15 quarters. zone which is in Srinagar where he dominates and we are down there see for example command itself when the firing used to take place command used to be hit every day from top from all sides so there are places that he has the opportunity of dominating us and we accept it and we understand it so we have counter mechanisms to all that so that undemarcated contested borders anything substantial happening no I don't feel that it won't happen again but there are many other methods like you like General Rawat said and like you said people say they downed a sukhoi by only a cyber warfare or a drone was brought down only by cyber warfare so there is a thought process that you know a Kargil incursion cannot take place but incursion of technological kinds could always take place. If whole lot of equipment has been purchased, and whole lot of equipment is in India, the northern grid is computerization, is, uh, or the grid is based on their computers, whether they have sleepers, or they have some kind of bugs, or they have some system to sort us out, well, all this has to be planned. So, a typology of warfare has changed, and we have to be prepared, not of the Kargil, but of Kargil of a technological kind. General Asman, I'll draw you in over here because there was, we'll no, take you back to 1998. There is some fresh research scholar writing from Pakistan and the lady Naseem Zahra, if I get her name right, Naseem Zahra, right? she has pointed out that General Musharraf pointed out to her, his country in the mid-90s that this is our last chance with India and after this India will technologically, militarily and economically grow very fast. 98 to now, Pakistan is a non-entity in economy. We are the fourth or the fifth largest economy growing at a certain percentage with the World Bank has already given out the figures. Do you think Musharraf lost the last chance in 1999? Because his words, his researchers saying that this is the last chance we have with India. Is the gap between India and Pakistan widened? Two things I'll mention in this. 
Firstly, when General Musharraf was planning this, uh, don't forget he's a special forces man. So his mind that was planning was that of a special forces variety. And the special forces variety, the problem is large level operations. Thinking through becomes a little difficult issue. So that is something. You mean the outcome of the operation? Correct. I mean, whenever you plan any operation, you have to think through till the end to see what will be the outcome of this. So that is where I think probably he miscalculated at that point in time. He probably thought he'd go and occupy a few heights and if he can survive one winter and if the summer comes up later, then the Indians may not be able to do the needful and so therefore we'll... So there is a miscalculation actually that happened. Coming to the second point regarding the gap between India and Pakistan growing, there will be no doubt in that. Please, you have to keep one thing in mind. As far as the conventional superiority is concerned, I don't think there's been a major gap at this point in time. There was a gap earlier which was more. At this point in time, probably it is reducing a little bit. So you need to be careful of that particular account. On the economic front, I fully agree with you that we are much better and much stronger than what we were in 98-99. And therefore, if something happens between India and Pakistan, your ability to last long in that war is much, much better than what Pakistan does. Today, everybody knows Pakistan runs to everybody to bail them out. IMF, Saudi Arabia, wherever he can get China, wherever he can get money, he's trying to get it from to save himself. And he's reneging on the debt, the servicing, etc. So on the economic front, definitely India has been far, far better. On the science and technology front, except for the missile technology, which probably again came from China to Pakistan, and some platforms like JF-17 and some tanks from China, and some frigates which have come from China. Other than that, the technical capability of the Pakistan, and if you compare it with what India is, again India scores much better. And the third thing is on the diplomatic front. Please look at where India stands today and where Pakistan is standing today. They are like discredited. There is a large gap in that particular thing. If you put all this in one matrix and see this, India definitely weighs far heavily than what Pakistan could. So therefore, in future, what is going to happen is the growth path that we have been talking about ourselves of a fight trillion economy and things like that and playing much better role in the international system, you will find that particular disparity will only keep increasing in favor of China. Maybe he was right. Maybe he was prophetic in saying that he lost the last chance. But things of the nature which General Sharma brought out, those will always be a problem that you need to be careful about. The black swan kind of incidents that we talk about today in the world arena, that is something that we need to be extremely careful about. Where those kind of things can happen anywhere, anytime, any place. So you need to be careful on that particular score. I one word here. Yes, sir. I feel the Chinese don't want to engage us. They're becoming a great power. They call it so-called responsible power. The best for them will be to keep prodding Pakistan, to keep needling us. It becomes <coughs> a low-cost option for them. They themselves are not around. Themselves are behind the scenes. But they just fa- keep fanning the trouble, keep telling Pakistan, you keep India engaged in whatever form you engage it. I would say, why is he making a Gilgit may SCZ? Huge heavy engineering SEZ coming up in Gilgit, which is our own territory. And you know, why does he require to make a Gilgit may SEZ of this kind? The Chinese and they have Chinese presence, they are doing all this. All have got meaning behind it. They will not get ostensibly involved with us, but behind the scenes, they would matter. Something yes, please. Yes, Ambassador. I think in terms of threat from Pakistan, I also do not see or foresee a possibility of a major sort of clash of arms like a war taking place between the two countries. But we have to remember that uh, Pakistan actually enjoys a certain threshold of nuclear threshold. And under the threshold, it's actually able to continue with terrorist activities in India, particularly in JNK. Now, with the new technology which is emerging, a lot of this technology can actually filter and deliberately pass on to the terrorists. So some of the new systems that are coming out, you can simply share with them. That's all that is required. So that the lethality of terrorist activity, it is quite likely it will increase in future. And that really remains for us a challenge. 
because of the fact that terrorism is something which, I mean, you cannot actually address it by a simple conventional military response, you know. It's a much more complex phenomenon and, I mean, these gentlemen, they know it very well. So that really is for us a challenge and we have to see how we can actually handle that. That's the point. मैं आपको कारगिल युद्ध पे लेके जाऊंगा फिर से जब कारगिल युद्ध हुआ तीन किस्म के ऑपरेशन लॉन्च हुए थे ऑपरेशन सफेद सागर हमारे लड़ाकू विमान ग्वालियर से आगरा और अंबाला आए उन्होंने बड़ी प्रसिशन बॉम्बिंग जिसे एयरफोर्स कहती है वो करी नौसेना के बेड़े अरब सागर की तरफ कराची की तरफ चले गए उसका श्रोताओं को समझाना चाहूंगा सन इकहत्तर की जब युद्ध हुआ था तो कराची में ऐसा हमला हमारे नौसेना के धुआकों ने किया था थलसेना कारगिल में और इंटरनेशनल बॉर्डर पर और एलओसी पर लाइन ऑफ कंट्रोल पर मुस्तैद थी ये जब तीनों सेनाएं चल रही थी वायुसेना से जब बॉम्बिंग हो रही थी थल सेना वायुसेना और नौसेना तीनों के अलग अलग कमांडर होते हैं अलग अलग उनके मुखी होते हैं मुखिया होते हैं तो इनकी जो कोऑर्डिनेशन होती है वो कैसे होती है उसके बाद एक आईडीएस बना एक सिस्क बने वो क्या चीज हुई क्या बदलाव आया सेनाओं के चलाने में तीनों ऑपरेशन कैसे और इनका बदलाव कैसे आया जी उसके बाद कारगिल रिव्यू कमेटी फिर नरेश चंद्रा कमेटी एंड उसके बीच में बहुत सारा बीच में डिस्कशन रहा सो लास्ट 20 साल में ये जो इश्यूज जो उभर कर आए थे इस लड़ाई के दौरान में कारगिल के दौरान में उस पर काफी विचार विमर्श हुआ है और काफी चीजें कही गई हैं क्या हम उसको पूरी तरह निभा पाए और ये पूरा कर पाए इस विषय में मेरे को थोड़ा डाउट है बिकॉज एक हेडक्वार्टर आइडिया जरूर बना इंटीग्रेटेड डिफेंस स्टाफ बना जो पहले डीजी एक डीजी होता था कैबिनेट सेक्रेटरी के नीचे उसको ट्रांसफॉर्म करके हेडक्वार्टर आईडीएस बना क्या हेडक्वार्टर आईडीएस पूरी तरह कंट्रोल कर सकता है या चीफ ऑफ स्टाफ कमेटी जो इस हिसाब से आजकल फंक्शन करती है जिसमें तीनों चीफ में से इन रोटेशन अब देखिए अभी हाल में लेवल चीफ रिटायर हुए हैं उसके बाद एयर चीफ चीफ ऑफ स्टाफ कमेटी चेयरमैन बने हैं कुछ महीनों के लिए चार महीने के लिए उसके बाद वो रिटायर होंगे थर्टी सेप्टेम्बर को फिर जनरल बिपिन रावत बनेंगे तीन महीने के लिए तो इस हिसाब से तो आप कॉर्डिनेट नहीं कर सकते अगर तीन तीन महीने में चार चार महीने में चेयरमैन चेंज करते रहेंगे तो उसका तो कोऑर्डिनेशन नहीं होगा और कोऑर्डिनेशन सिर्फ उस लेवल की जरूरत नहीं है कोऑर्डिनेशन ऑल्सो जरूरत है ग्रास रूट में बिकॉज एक दिल को मिलने की भावना होनी चाहिए बिकॉज जब तक हम तीनों फोर्सेस का एक नहीं हो जाएंगे यूनिफाइड नहीं हो जाएंगे ज्वाइंट नहीं हो जाएंगे तब ऊपर डिसीजन कंसेंसस में चलेगा कि भाई डिसाइड करेंगे चलो ऐसा कर लेते हैं कंसेंसस में वो एक कमांड एंड कंट्रोल टोटल सिस्टमिक चेंज की जरूरत है अब आप नेवी की बात कर रहे थे जो भी कहिए नेवी ईस्टर्न कमांड से मूव करके वेस्टर्न कमांड में गई और उनको याद था इकहत्तर की लड़ाई में नेवी का प्रेजेंस अरेबियन सी में सबसे बड़ा थ्रेट है बिकॉज नेवी बाय इस वो अभी बालाकोट में भी यही हुआ बालाकोट में भी यही हुआ जिसकी कोई बात नहीं करता बालाकोट में नेवी के हरकत की नेवी का बहुत बड़ा हाथ है इश्यू इज की आजकल लड़ाई तीनों की है किसी को सेग्रीगेट नहीं किया जा सकता बिल्कुल बिल्कुल नहीं किया जा सकता और ये सिर्फ एक चीफ ऑफ डिफेंस स्टाफ बनाने की बात नहीं है ये चीफ ऑफ डिफेंस स्टाफ को एम्पावर करने की बात है सिर्फ एक आदमी खड़ा करने से नहीं होगा उसको पावर देनी पड़ेगी कि वो उस पूरे ऑर्गेनाइजेशन तीनों को चला सके आप चाहते हैं आपकी जो सजेशन है जनरल शर्मा क्या ये है कि चीफ ऑफ डिफेंस स्टाफ जैसे कई सालों से बात चल रही है कारगिल रिव्यू कमेटी सुब्रमण्यम साहब हमारे मुल्क के बड़े सामरिक सोच रखने वाले व्यक्ति थे उन्होंने भी कहा था कि ऐसे चीफ ऑफ डिफेंस स्टाफ होना चाहिए कारगिल रिव्यू कमेटी ने कहा था तो क्या आप ऐसा प्रस्ताव रखना चाहते हैं कि एसीडीएस या चीफ ऑफ डिफेंस स्टाफ तीनों जो सेना के मुखी हैं तीनों सेनाओं के उनसे ऊपर हो उनके कमांड एंड कंट्रोल सीडीएस के पास हो ये कहना चाहते हैं मैं कहना चाहता हूं कि जो करना चाहे हाफ हार्टेड नहीं होना हमको पूरा इंटीग्रेट होने की आवश्यकता है वो इंटीग्रेशन तभी होगा जब 
एक जो चीफ ऑफ डिफेंस स्टाफ बनेगा वो उसमें पावर हो वो ऑपरेशंस कंट्रोल कर सके अगर आर्मी अपना ऑपरेशन कंट्रोल करेगी नेवी अपना करेगी एयरफोर्स अपना करेगी एक आदमी ऊपर बिठा देंगे उसका हुक्म नहीं चलेगा जब तक उसके पास पावर नहीं आएगी कि भैया ऑपरेशनल कमांडर मैं हूं जिसे आप सेना में ऑपरेशनल कमांडर कहते हैं ऑपरेशनल कमांडर बनाने की आवश्यकता है सिर्फ सीडीएस बनाने की आवश्यकता नहीं है वो फिर दो स्टेप सब पीछे की तरफ जा रहे हैं आगे की तरफ नहीं बढ़ रहे जनरल आई टेक यू ऑन टू चाइना बिकॉज वी आर टॉकिंग ऑफ एन एरिया कारगिल द्रास मास्को टू एक्सप्लेन टू आर लिस्नर्स ईस्ट ऑफ तुर्तुक लाइज वर द मिलिट्री कोर्स द एस एस एन द सब सेक्टर नॉर्थ नॉर्थ ऑफ इट लाइज सी एच एन ग्लेशियर पाकिस्तान एज अ लॉन्ग स्टैंडिंग क्लेम ऑफ सी एच एन ग्लेशियर थ्रू वेरियस मीन्स इट हेज सजेस्टेड वेरियस मेथड्स दैट लेट एस अव पीस पार्क एंड ऑल दैट स्टफ विच वी हैव रिजेक्टेड नाउ ईस्ट ऑफ द तुर्तुक लाइज सब सेक्टर नॉर्थ विच वी कॉल नॉर्थ इज सी एच एन बियॉन्ड दैट द शायक रिवर एंड द कारोक्राम रेंज एंड वी आर इन टू वॉट इज कॉल्ड तिब्बत और चाइना is there a collusive threat you have denied but i have to ask you a specific question pakistan china collusive threat north of ssn subsector north during my first intervention yeah. i had mentioned about the shakram valley which is ceded to sindh china by pakistan there have been reports in the last couple of years that there is a road construction activity that is going on within the shakram valley area that is one thing that we need to be sensitive to and that is one thing that we need to look into i am sure people in power people are working on this uh, already on this particular thing if that comes up yes there is a possibility of shifting of forces whenever it is required that is something that we need to keep in mind but please also understand this deployment of forces employment of forces collusivity etc comes from a political decision it is not a pure military decision it's a political decision so that is where we need to be concentrating on as to how things are happening between China and as China and Pakistan, China and other relationships. Please look at China today. He is actually probably looking at India and Pakistan as a little remotely today, basically because he has got more pressing problems on his hand. He has got this Korean Peninsula thing going. South China Sea is not stable. East China Sea is not stable. His trade relationship with USS in a doldrum. His One Belt One Road initiative, which he started, is actually running into trouble in many places. So. probably he is not looking at india as a place where problems are going to be and post wuhan meeting of prime minister modi and xi jinping ji there has been a stability in the relationship there are also talks of the second informal summit likely to take place in india sometime later in this year and if that goes on it will bring in further stability into the system you have to put all this in one one particular basket and see as to how these things work out it is not a simple decision okay pakistan is doing something china will do something to us or they will both put together they will do something to us it is not so simple a thing to calculate it's not a typical binary relationship of plus and minus <coughs> and calculate and then it comes to zero ambassador kumar do you agree diplomatically we have to watch china and pakistan together as general sivan suggested in silos but together no i think we have to see because uh, the nature of relationship that we have with china and that we have with pakistan and what pakistan has with china we have to take that into account but we also take into account the larger context what's happening in afghanistan uh, what are china's interests in south asia and southwest asia because and what are its overall national interests because it has to manage relationship with the us with japan and so on and so forth so i think taking that all into account my sense actually is that uh, yes the capacity the way they've been created we have to monitor them very closely make an assessment as to how they can be critical at certain in certain circumstances but at the same time also make an evaluation as to what the policies of uh, a country like china is towards india and how in the context of that relationship bilateral relationship between china where does pakistan fit into that 
So I would actually say that my sense at the moment is that China certainly has, unlike last time earlier, China realizes that there is, it has a stake in stability in South Asia. Earlier, they were giving weapons to the Pakistanis and thereby trying to create a balance between India and Pakistan and thereby to contain India and South Asia. But now they realize that stability in South Asia is very important if they are going to sink $60 billion or so in Pakistan. Then they have to worry about Afghanistan, what situation Afghanistan is like. If you remember, on the Tajik-Afghan border, they put their observation posts. They have some kind of a, what should I say, a station or a position in the Afghanistan-Badakhshan area because they fear that if Afghanistan collapses, then a lot of these Uyghurs, a lot of these other Islamic terrorists, Could they actually would go into that and yeah. that is the biggest concern. They have a concern also in Pakistan because some of these people actually travel in the Karakoram Highway as well. And as you know that the Chinese are under pressure from these elements. There have been attacks in Pakistan itself and the Chinese ambassador actually has given warning, uh, cautionary advice to the Chinese national in Pakistan that they should be very careful because they are actually targets of these radical elements. So the overall situation actually has to be taken into account and in the larger context of China's, let's say, global position, they realize that India actually is an important country for them. That's why you find that a certain thaw is taking place in a relationship. John Sharma, we'd like to end the program with you. We are at the end of the program. Ek shabd आपको क्या लगता है फोर्स के कमांडर रहे हैं फोर्ट इनकोर में क्या भारतीय सरकार ने उनके परिवारों के लिए जो रिहैबिलिटेशन का काम अच्छे से करा और कुछ हो सकता है उनके आज फौज में कहते हैं कभी कोई रिटायर नहीं होता है आप लोग कनेक्टेड रहते हैं उनके परिवारों का कैसे ख्याल रखा काफी साथ के बाद से ही ये इशू हमारे दिमाग में था कि हम लोग फौज के लिए जो मार्टर्स होते हैं उनकी देखिया किया जाए और एक बहुत अच्छा सिस्टम एक तैयार है इस वक्त एक बहुत अच्छा सिस्टम एक है कि हर मार्टर की डेथ के बाद उसका क्या फैमिली का रिहैबिलिटेशन हो और उसको पैसे का क्या हो और यू नो पूरा सिस्टम सो आज ये नहीं कहा जा सकता कि कोई मार्टर के बाद में किसी फैमिली को पैसे की आवश्यकता होगी पैसे की इशू नहीं है जॉब का इशू है आजकल हमने लेडीज को उनकी वाइफ्स को जो भी फौज ज्वाइन करना चाहती हैं डिस्पेंसेशन देते हैं अभी एक लेडी ने ज्वाइन किया था नो आर्मी में एक लेडी ने ज्वाइन किया जो 37 इयर्स की थी वैसे तो एज लेड डाउन 25 है वी गेव हर डिस्पेंसेशन टिल 37 इयर्स ऑफ एज दो बच्चे थे एंड शी ज्वाइंड यू नो एंड सो द क्वेश्चन इज वी आर ओपन टू दिस मैनर ऑफ हेल्पिंग आउट मार्टर्स एंड देयर फैमिलीज इन द बेस्ट टाइम पॉसिबल बट द लॉस इज ग्रेव you know they to for them to get out of it itself is a very big issue involved here we end the program here operation vijay as it was called during operation kargil was the operation of indian army operation safed sagar by the indian air force and operation talwar by the indian navy all the three forces fought together as our panelists have brought out all the three played a stellar role 527 of our officers and men lost their lives today there is a celebration on adras and is there the army chief is there a victory flame has been lit at the Kargil War Memorial Adras. The Raksha Mantri, Mr. Rajnath Singh, has spoken in Parliament. The Prime Minister has <coughs> tweeted his memories. People <coughs> are getting emotional about it. We will have to end the program here. Thank you, gentlemen, for speaking to us. Sir, you want to add something? No, I was just going to say that I had a opportunity to go to Adras when I was in National Defense College. So I said that our dharmstan is the same. Where our Raksha is the same. They are निछावर करने तैयार हैं ताकि हम लोग सुरक्षित रहें तो इससे बड़ा धर्मस्थान हमारे लिए क्या हो सकता है इससे प्लेस प्लेस ऑफ पिलग्रिमेज फॉर अस एंड दैट्स हाउ वी हैड द बावर हेड इन रिस्पेक्ट एंड रेवरेंस टू द पीपल हु एक्चुअली आर प्रोटेक्टिंग आवर कंट्री लाइक दिस यू वर लिसनिंग टू अ डिस्कशन ऑन कारगिल विजय दिवस 
a tale of victorious armed forces. The participants were defense analyst Lieutenant General S. L. Narsimhan and Lieutenant General Rakesh Sharma and former diplomat Yogendra Kumar. Ajay Banerjee, journalist, initiated and moderated the discussion. The program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website, newsonair.com. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com.